Welcome to the Ringwood Publishing Podcast. I'm your host, Jess. And I'm your host, Matilda. And each week we are joined by a series of authors, colleagues and guests to talk about all things books and publishing. Hi everyone and welcome to season two of the Ringwood Publishing Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts Matilda and I'm one of your other co-hosts Jess and for our first episode we're joined by last season's host Rosie Watts. We're super excited to have Rosie on the podcast so welcome. Hi everyone guys thank you so much for inviting me back. It's very exciting and also quite nice to be on this again from the other side and not having to host for once. It's a nice change. (laughs) It must be weird to be the interviewee instead of the interviewer. Indeed, indeed. So where are you recording from today? Today I am recording from London. So that's where I'm now based, which is quite exciting. Sort of the big move down out of Scotland, miss it dearly. Glasgow pubs are a very different scene to the sophisticated London ones. (laughs) So yeah, good thing it's remote because I think it'd be a bit of an issue if we were having to meet in person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. That's great to hear. What are you done to London? What are you doing? What are you up to nowadays? So I've got a job working in a publishing house. I work for Scholastic, which is a children's publisher. They do the likes of Julia Donaldson and Liz Peacon for like Tom Gates. And I'm sure you've all heard of the Gruffalo. If you haven't, go and look it up because I feel like that's every child's like gateway to childhood. So I'm working as a publicity assistant for them. So all sort of jobs from events to marketing. And it's really exciting, really. Wow, what a CV. The Gruffalo, that's insane. (laughs) Yeah, definitely a good one to name and drop, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. That would be like headline of my CV. I think it will be, it's going to be at the top. So where did you get the idea for this podcast? What made you want to be involved in season one? So I originally started the podcast, we came across a challenge with Ringwood in the sense we had an author, like many authors do, being a bit self-conscious of being on camera. And that is either due to just not wanting to show a face or in some cases having disabilities and they just were very self-conscious about it. And because of that, they didn't want to interview. And at first it was then just a case of wanting to interview anyway, or then it's basically one or the other. You either interview or you don't at all. And I was determined to accommodate that author and think of an alternative. There's always a there's always a plan B. If you don't think there is at first, you need to be more creative. So I had this idea of, well, why do we need to have you on video? Because realistically, what we are interested in is what you're saying. So I felt inspired and it took a lot more effort than I thought it would. I thought it'd be really simple to just start a podcast. Turns out it's not. <laughs> and she was the inspiration for that first episode. And with that, then we realised that we could do so much more than just that one. With so many other authors being based all over Scotland, we've got Fiona out by Thurzo, we've got people over the West, on the East. There's a lot of actually people based all over the place. So it makes it much easier to just do audio rather than these in-person ones. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. It's such a nice thing to hear you say that, to see the sort of podcast medium as something more inclusive and a more flexible way of working. That's really great. I'd never considered it was a more like accessible way to interview people until you said that. I'd never even considered that. That's actually really groundbreaking. <laughs> so could you tell us a little bit about the highs and the lows of working on the podcast? What were the best things and what were the challenges? Like everything, 
there's highs and lows. This was genuinely a really rewarding project to work on on so many fronts and I loved it. It was such a good way to speak to people that I knew and didn't know and I think people speak in a different way when they're not being conscious of what they look like. You know, when you don't have to worry about how you're presented and what your makeup looks like and if you've got stuff in your teeth, people become more at ease. So it was a good way to sort of whittle out things that they maybe wouldn't say in an interview because they're just left conscious. Of course, every week, however, because you're recording and audio is key and people are in their home spaces, there's always things like dogs running into the room or partners coming in singing, not realising <laughs> there's a recording going on. And it sometimes became quite tricky to almost pick up where you left off and having to try and start again and just act like none of that happened. And I have to give a shout out to my colleague Beth, who edited so many of my episodes because she did a phenomenal job each time and you could never tell when said dog or said partner was coming in and we had to axe out about three minutes of the audio or or maybe not quite three minutes that'd be a long time to sing but (laughs) a good part that you couldn't have him that's such a small thing in the grand scheme of things which I think just goes to show how much I actually really did enjoy it yeah absolutely I think maybe this season we should have like a bloopers episode of everything we've had to edit out or something like that (laughs) I would love that (laughs) I will definitely be listening to that pronto text me when it's out Absolutely. Two whole minutes of dogs and partners singing. That'll be brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. Have you got any favourite episodes from season one? Oh, (laughs) that's a hard one. I think one that comes to mind right now is Sarah Roberts, who is another ex-intern of Ringwood, who is also in London doing publishing. And I think her interview with me came at a really good time where I just finished uni I was beginning the kind of job hunt and it was a bit of a slog and I felt quite uninspired and quite demotivated by countless rejections or no responses and speaking to her and hearing how she progressed through her master's internship and into working life was just nothing short of joyous because she was so encouraging about what she said and it really encouraged me to keep going and I remember her saying so clearly to me you receive countless rejections and don't hear back and remember all it takes is one and I've listened to it so many times and her words really stuck by me because she speaks truth in those words at this present time that episode does pass through in my mind but equally all of them were wonderful for various reasons getting to know Carlos through like a really moving story with his father-in-law or Carrot Margaret Davison talking about women in the 18th century intertwining it with Body Snatcher and Tom Wood he was really insightful for giving just history of Edinburgh if you're really interested in that period and then I had really interesting conversations with my colleagues about the sort of new way of remote learning and audiobooks and the digital world and it was also really nice to have charities on some more awareness for them Um, every single one was great in its own way I can't really pick a favorite to be honest as you can tell I've just listed near enough every episode (laughs) 
Yeah, that's valid. But you're right. The Sarah Roberts episode is really good. And it's very true that the industry is so competitive and it's so daunting when you're trying to break into it. So it's really nice to have someone be a bit encouraging and hear someone's story like that. The roles are kind of reversed now with you working at Scholastic and now we're the ones trying to get into the publishing industry. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, it's a strange dynamic to be in because I've been where you are literally weeks ago. So (laughs) hang in there. Hard work pays off. And that's what Sarah said to me. And it's true. You do get there. But yeah, that's definitely why that one sprung to my mind at first. Yeah, that's amazing. It's so nice to hear about your new job. So is there any other podcast work on the horizon or something you'd like to pick up again in the future? Currently... I don't have any podcasts with work taking a break at the moment obviously from this one because I'm no longer with Ringwood and it's not something that I've really looked into as the new person I don't really want to come in storm ahead guys that's the podcast (laughs) but I'm looking to set up my own podcast with my friend she's also interrelated with the publishing industry and theatre and production so we're looking to start up a podcast together just to discuss all things related really so stay tuned and we'll see wow that's so great to hear i can't wait to listen to your podcast watch this space we'll drop a link on our socials (laughs) i can't say it'll be anything insightful (laughs) just two girls having a chit chat but it's appreciated regardless the promo I think having a chit chat is probably the best podcast that could be. That's my favorite podcast personally. It's just listening to people chat. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Are you a big podcast fan? I am. You know, like anything, you get inspired from other people. And my top podcast has to be Desert Island Discs. It's related to books and songs, controversial, two things that I love in life. <laughs> and for those that haven't heard of it, get on it first it's brilliant and it runs around 40 to an hour minute episodes and it brings on various people from all industries celebrities anything the prime minister ones are hilarious by the way and it asks you to pick eight songs and a book and an object and through that people describe their lives and they are immensely funny at times incredibly heartbreaking and all round wonderful. I aspire one day to be the interviewer Kirsty Young. I will no doubt never achieve that, but she's where you want to end up ideally. Yeah, Kirsty Young's great. That is the goal. <laughs> so, what advice would you give to us or anyone else wanting to start a podcast? Invest in a good pair of headphones because that pays off and you sound more professional anyway because you've got good sound and I would say the main thing is you want to figure out why you're doing it. For me I wanted to create a new way for people to be able to speak about their stories in a comfortable environment where they didn't have to worry about as I said their physical appearance and in that form be able to expose and discuss maybe more than if you are worrying about what you look like so I think it's always a case of starting with why you want to do it and if you've got that motivation to figure out why you want to do it then you already have yourself a narrative really amazing you're probably in a good position to be giving advice you've got a successful season of this podcast you're going into your own very exciting times (laughs) 
I mean, I wouldn't say that, but thank you for the compliment anyway. <laughs> so obviously the most important question, if you could host an episode with anyone dead or alive, who would you choose? This is such a hard question and that's the most cliche thing because I'm sure everyone would say the same answer when you ask. Which also, by the way, great question. Really annoyed that I never asked anyone that because I think it really tells people who they are. I'm going to be annoying and I'm going to bend the rules because I'm going to pick someone dead and alive. Well, not both at the same time. Obviously that would be tricky, (laughs) but there's someone that wouldn't work. That would be incredible. Weird, but yeah. So I think my live person has to be Maggie Smith. I've just finished watching, well, re-watching a couple of series of Downton. So preferably if she was in the character of the Countess of Downton Abbey as well, that would be great because every single line she says makes me almost like myself. <laughs> I think she's just an absolute national treasure and I would love to hear her story, her life story, because I'm sure she, A, has a great one and will have the best way of telling it. And then for... A person I'd like to interview who has passed away, I would pick my great-grandfather because he was my mum's absolute idol and sort of step-in father figure. And my mum mentions him near enough every day and I never got to meet him. And he sounded like the most incredible man and nothing short of extraordinary. So quite a sentimental one, but I'm so intrigued by his life. I've got an old case of his that's his letters case for writing letters with his initials on the outside. And there's his old top hat sitting on top of my wardrobe. So I've got these two objects, but to be able to speak to him in person, I think I'd replace that any day, those two objects. That's so sweet. Those are such intriguing objects as well, like a a top hat and a letters case. (laughs) I know. What else do you need, really? Obviously, if I'm stuck on a desert island, top hat and letters case, that's it. I think you survive with that. Multi-useful, I'd say. Absolutely, yeah. An episode with him and Maggie Smith in character would be amazing. (laughs) Yeah, sadly, we can't make it happen, but one can dream. Amazing. Well, it was lovely to have you back on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It's lovely to be back and say hello and meet the amazing new hosts as well. (laughs) I'm so excited for this next season as well. Thank you so much, Rosie. And best of luck at Scholastic. I'm sure you'll do great things. Yeah, we can't wait to see what you're doing next. Thank you so much, guys.